chicken wing is also good on shrimp. Mm-hmm. Like you can batter sauces. it, you can deep fry it, hot chili sauces, all of those things that are good on chicken wings are also good on shrimp. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work the other way. No? No, because you can't take like a raw chicken wing and dip it in club sauce. That'd be terrible. Right. So everything good on chicken is good on shrimp. But everything good on shrimp is not good on chicken. Interesting. Is it? It's not. I didn't. I've just never thought of it that way, I guess. (laughs) Well, welcome everyone to an episode of I Love This, You Should Too. And we are right in the, what is it? The dog days of summer? Is that what they call them? I thought those were the ends of summer. Is it? Oh, okay. Either way, we are doing summer stuff all (laughs) week. All month, really? All month, yes. It's summer month. (laughs) My name is Indy SPF 50 Randawa, and with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha Alcoholic Freezy Randawa. Oh, yes. I do love those alcohol freezies. And I love skincare. <laughs> so because it is a summer theme this month, Indy and I both have spoiler-free summer things of the week, and then Indy's going to let us know what we're watching for next week, and I bet it's summer-themed. It sure is. So Indy, what's your summer thing of the fortnight? My summer thing of the fortnight is the appropriately titled Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. So this is a documentary film about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. Are you familiar with this festival at all? No. And most people aren't. And that's why this exists. Because in 1969, when we think summer festivals, I'm thinking most people are thinking about Woodstock. Yeah, that's what I think of. But at the same time, or almost the same time, the same summer at least, there was a free festival happening in Harlem, and over 300,000 people were there. That's a lot of people. Most people have never heard of this until recently in uh, 2021, the documentary Summer of Soul came out, and we got to see this footage of this long-forgotten festival. Huh. So some of the musical acts in the festival were... Stevie Wonder, Mahalia Jackson, Nina Simone, The Fifth Dimension, The Staple Singers, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Sly and the Family Stone. Did I say B.B. King? He was there too. Oh, okay. So lots and lots of big names. And if you've ever been in a car with me in the last five years, you'll know that I listen to a lot of late 60s, early 70s funk and soul. Yes, you do. And that is the type of music that was predominantly featured here. So, of course, this documentary was right up my alley. All your favorite things. Yeah, it really was. And also, this is directed by Amir Thompson, who most people would know as the drummer Questlove from The Roots. Oh, If you told 12-year-old me that Questlove would win an Oscar for Best Documentary, I wouldn't believe you. But then again, I also wouldn't believe you if you told me that Snoop Dogg would be doing commercials with Martha Stewart all the time. Oh, they're like best friends. Or at least that's what they would like (laughs) us to believe. So this festival happened in 1969, like I was saying. So in the last 10 years... JFK, RFK, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King had all been murdered. 
And that is kind of the background of the world that we are seeing in this movie. And here you get to see the concert footage, which was recorded at the time. But we also have a little bit of context being cut in and out of it as well. So you have some interviews with people who were at the festival way Uh back in 69 and looking back on it now. There is one woman who was talking about how she was the first person to integrate, I think it was Georgia State, but one of the big universities in Georgia. She was the first black woman to attend there. And she's talking about how, although she was just assaulted daily going to school there, she still had the music of Nina Simone to kind of keep her going. And that was Mm. kind of her, her battle anthem throughout it. And then reminiscing on being at this festival so you have all of these cultural touchstones going through it as well and we get the the perspective of history now and i think it's especially important to something like this because this festival was was so forgotten really and this is a time where there's a definite split between people who believe in nonviolent resistance and people who have that kind of by any means necessary way of thinking. And all of that is kind of encapsulated in this this one day of, of concerts. So it was only one day. I think so. Or at least it seems that way in the documentary because it doesn't have like day two or anything right. like that. So it seems like it's one full day, but it also all seems to be in the afternoon. So maybe it was over a weekend <laughs> or something. It's hard to tell in this. For something so significant, it seems crazy that it would only be one day. Yeah, but it also seems crazy that it would have been forgotten for about 50 years. Because I had never heard of this, and I I listened to this kind of music. Yeah. And it it was all new to me until this came out a few years ago. And the movie just provides like a lot of good insight into the social and political climate of the late 60s, because it's taking place at a time of, of civil unrest. Like the civil rights movement is... I I don't want to say winding down, but Martin Luther King had been killed the year earlier. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, you can't really say that it ended, but that if there is an ending to it, it, it's the death of Martin Luther King Jr. So this is after that. And you can kind of see this, that it is at a time of change. You can look into the audience and you can see people who are still wearing suits, but then you can start seeing people with bell bottoms and afros Mm -hmm. and dashikis and that is coming as well there's it's definitely at a time of change i think that's encapsulated well in a nina simone's performance and of course i'm going to go on about nina simone (laughs) because she is one of my very favorite musicians ever but she performs young gifted and black which is a, a very significant song for a lot of good reasons but then she also performed a poem that was written by a Harlem poet for the group. And she's up there saying, this is for you. And that's something so powerful, mm-hmm. too. But then what she's saying is also, are you ready? Are you ready, Black people? Are you ready to kill? And she is is reading this poem as a battle cry, as a call to arms a lot of the time. But then you also have the staple singers who are up there saying... Stay in school. The times are different now. When I was a kid, you of course I wouldn't get a job because I'm black, but you can be different. Mm-hmm. You can be president. So lots of really interesting messaging happening. Yeah, and this was a time where all of that is at a crossroads. And I think outside of the music, first, if you want to just watch it for the music, it is worth it. It <laughs> is fantastic. The performances are fantastic. But then you do get to see 
America, Harlem, the black community at a crossroads at this time of these two ways of thinking, which really that was throughout the 60s and the civil rights movement. But to see it all happening in one concert was Mm -hmm. was really special. And I think this is a very important movie. And I guess that's why it won the Oscar for best documentary that year, which is still surprising to me that Questlove has an Oscar now. You said that like that would be crazy to like younger you yeah that's crazy to me because i just know him as the drummer for the roots and i know the roots from like the jimmy fallon show that's and that that really hurts, it hurts me you i know because i you. hate jimmy fallon i hate the tonight show <laughs> and the roots had just so many great albums before they ever became that and they're kind of more popular for that and i i don't blame them because you're successful you're making these movies that matter you're yeah. still making music that matters so if you need to get some money from The Tonight Show, go and do it. But man, their old stuff was so, so good. I go, could... listen to, go listen to Organics. Go listen to Do You Want More? And go listen to Illidelph Half-Life is my favorite. <laughs> I but... bet you'll play it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've heard it. You Have just I? maybe don't okay. know what it was. Um, yeah, but that's uh, even to me who really only knows them from like pretty recent stuff. That's like a crazy thing to me, too. And it's a crazy thing to me that you would know who Questlove is. Yeah. Because right? <laughs> he's a drummer from a Philadelphia hip-hop band. <laughs> Most people wouldn't know that. But now they're all big time. Yeah. And making big time movies like Summer of Soul. So go check it out. Go get those summer vibes. Go get those revolutionary vibes or mm-hmm. whatever you want to take away from it. It is available on Disney Plus or Hulu, depending on where you live. And if you don't want to watch the whole movie and just want to listen to the music, the soundtrack is also great. It's just the recordings of it. And I don't think I mentioned, but it was all filmed and nobody wanted to buy it. Oh, like studios. Yeah. So they're like, he was trying to get it out on TV, but nobody would buy it. Everyone's saying like, we don't want a black Woodstock. So it sat in this guy's basement for 50 years until... I think Questlove had this movie to make and I'm glad he did because it is fantastic and something this important shouldn't be lost to history. No, that sounds very culturally important and everyone should see it. There you go. Including you. (laughs) Do you want to go watch it now? I'll watch it. All right. That sounds fun. Well, go check it out. And until then, I think, Sam, what is your recommendation for a summary thing of the fortnight? I thought... I'm seeing this a lot more on my social media with friends going on summer vacation and stuff and asking for like summer book recommendations. So I picked a book that would be great to read poolside or at your campsite um, or just sitting in the sun in your backyard. Uh, It's called That Summer. It's by Jennifer Weiner. And it is about a woman named Daisy who um, intercepts an email Uh, sent to a woman named Daisy as well, who has the same name as her, and it's not meant for her. And she falls down this rabbit hole of just like 
this woman's past loves and who she was and what could have been. And this email is basically someone being like, I've never stopped thinking about you. And I think we should have taken the chance on each other. And so it's like her falling down this rabbit hole and she begins to question her own life. Um, She's a wife and mother and corporate chef. And she has this beautiful life on paper and she begins to realize that she may not have everything that she wants. And this email really starts to like dig at her and she goes on this big summer long journey of self-reflection and discovery. So is she getting a back and forth from this email or is it just the one email? Uh, So she does email back eventually. Uh, At first, this email really just like kind of makes her think about her life and about what this other person named Daisy, uh, what her life is like and um, just kind of wondering about things in her past that like could have been different. And if she'd chosen a different path, maybe her life would be totally different. So I kind of enjoyed this one. It like was a little bit of a different approach to some of these um, books that I've seen uh, or that I've read. And um, I just think that it's such a cool idea of like revisiting some of those past decisions that you made when you were super young. So if you are looking for a summer beach read or a backyard sun read, um, check out That Summer by Jennifer Weiner, Weiner, one of the two. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just enjoy uh, a bunch of what ifs. Is it summery in the book as well? Or does it just make you want to read it in the summer? Um, it's it's set in the summer. Perfect. So you kind of get that summer setting as well as um, I find these kind of books are like great for vacations and that kind of thing. So I think- you do love a beach read. So this would qualify as a beach read? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So you are my go-to on this topic what makes something a beach read um something that's like pulls you in really quickly so not like a hard read um something with kind of like a fun story and then something um like something easy to read I guess like it's just just an easy read you kind of can't put it down you want to keep going and it's like escapism I guess Gotcha. And if it's in a nice place, that helps out too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that is important. This is set in Philadelphia. Oh, that popular summer destination of (laughs) Philadelphia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we have any listeners in Philadelphia. I've never been. It seems scary to me. Yeah, I don't really know much about Philadelphia other than the penguins. (laughs) <laughs> the Philadelphia Penguins? Is uh, No, that's no. not right. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh that's what Penguins, I'm thinking yeah. <laughs> I know about that accent. You know uh, a lot from watching Always Sunny. The Eagles. That's who I Eagles. was thinking of. You yeah. love the Eagles. You say that they're your NFL team. Yeah, they're my NFL Go team. Go Birds. Though. Go Birds. I don't like the Eagles. I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. I tend to not like Philadelphia sports teams because their fans are scary. Yeah, that's what I've heard about Philadelphia fans. They like grease the poles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they don't keep climbing them. But yeah. they, you know what? They, they find, find a way. way. Yeah, perseverance. <laughs> I've been to games in Boston and I thought those fans were scary. But uh, I hear Philly is even worse. Yikes. Yeah. That sounds 
scary and awful. They uh, pelted Santa with snowballs. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> Philly they're they're never going to live it down. No. That gets brought up so much. All you Philly people out there, let us know. Is Philly really that scary? Is it, it as really scary as like we it. think? Yeah. Okay, Indy, it's time. What are we watching for next week for our big summer watch? So usually when I start off, I say, hey, do you like movies from the 30s? And you're like, no, how about subtitles? And you're like, no. <laughs> so this time I got a bunch of things that I think you will like. Okay. Do you like movies that involve webs of deception and have suspense and twists? I do. You know I love a twisty, turny thriller. Do you like movies that would have 1950s Italian style yeah. clothing? Yeah. Not as much as twisty, turny thrillers, but yeah. What about rich people in nice outfits? Always. How about beautiful people in nice outfits? Always. How Always about are. about the psychology of psychopaths, sociopaths, and narcissists? Yeah, I like that. So I think you might like our movie. We are going to watch the 1999... We have a lot of movies from 99. I still say 99 is probably the single greatest year in American cinema. It's fantastic. (laughs) 99 and 2000, we've done a lot of movies from that two years. But anyways, we are watching The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, so this is one that I like know peripherally because I'm like a human in the world, Mm -hmm. but I don't know anything about it. So it is based on a novel and it stars Matt Damon. As Mm -hmm. Mr. Ripley himself. Mm -hmm. Also Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow Mm -hmm. and Philip Seymour Hoffman and some other people as well, we'll see. Oh, there's lots of people in this. So it's set in the 50s and I picked this because our characters are going on summer vacation. Oh. And they're going to Italy. I love Italy. So this movie is... It's a darker movie for the most part. Mm -hmm. I feel like you tend to like movies that have rich people doing rich people things, Mm -hmm. which there's a little bit of that in there too. But then you also have things that make you question the notion of identity. So there's still stuff in it for me too, Hmm. because that's what we like. You like fancy stuff and I like uh, questioning your very existence. (laughs) You do love that. That is your favorite. (laughs) I think the performances are very solid, especially Matt Damon. I think Jude Law was nominated for an Oscar, though. So this is, I do remember this being like a big movie. It was quite successful, but I think it's kind of been forgotten largely. Hmm. Like, I don't hear people talk about this movie a lot. And also, I haven't seen it in, well, I guess now, I was going to say years, but I guess decades by this point. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll see if it holds up as much as I think it does. I don't know how much of the plot I want to pitch, but we'll say that there is a character who is a con man, perhaps, and Mm -hmm. maybe much more than that. Okay. And getting involved in these lives of others, trying to emulate and become those other people Mm -hmm. as well. And also pretty fun soundtrack yeah we get to hear like matt damon sings jude law sings oh jude law sings yeah didn't he sing in something else we watched huh i can't remember but i you know what that was a talented dude i used to love jude law around this time i thought jude law was fantastic oh i i still think he is but i don't think he works as as much much. yeah or the non-stuff i know at least rich yeah i think that's his job now 
Just being rich? Yeah. I remember liking him quite a bit as well. I seem to remember. Like Gattaca? I loved Gattaca. Oh, I don't know. We'll do Gattaca one day. That's another movie that was very good and then kind of largely forgotten. Oh, Gattaca. Yeah, that's not what I'm familiar with. Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Jude Law. Big cast. Big cast, yeah. And probably of a similar time as this one. But let's not talk about Gattaca because we are going to be watching The Talented Mr. Ripley from 1999. Go check it out. I'm not going to say anything more because it's kind of a fun mystery, much of it. Is this going to be The Sixth Sense all over again where everyone knows a twist and I don't? Well, if I say yes or no, that's going to make you expect something. Okay, so then I never mind. Say. I rescind my question. When I say twisty, I don't mean like, and then there's the big twist. <laughs> it's just like a a nuanced movie that goes to a lot of interesting places. Okay, sounds good. I'm, I'm in. And there's some psychopaths in it too. A little bit of psychopathy. Everybody loves a psychopath. Psychopathy? Psychopathy. One of those. <laughs> sociopathy so sociopathy sociopathy i have no idea how to say those words you know what narcissism there is a narcissism there i know how to say easy that one. One. <laughs> we can get behind that so go check it out it is i was gonna warn people and say like oh it's like two hours long but every movie, every movie is two is, hours long yeah, now so the parent trap was two hours long yeah if you can get through the parent trap you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> So go check out The Talented Mr. Ripley, and we are going to talk all about it next week. Excellent. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.